Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Podcast. I'm Sinead Kassan and we're looking ahead to round three of the Heineken Champions Cup this weekend. The teams are in, so we'll go through them with Irish independent rugby correspondent Rory O'Connor in a moment. So this weekend, as the timeline goes for Saturday, we've got Leinster away to Gloucester at one o'clock, Munster are at home to Northampton Saints at 3.15, Ulster are away to the defending champions La Rochelle at 5.30 and in the Challenge Cup, Connacht play Breve at the sports ground with a 5.30 kickoff. Rory, uh, Munster have named their team. Now, there was a lot of talk before this about scrum half and who'll get the nod. So it's Craig Casey who starts. Paddy Patterson is on the bench and no place for Conor Murray in the squad. What do you make of that selection? Yeah, I had. A, I did get to watch Munster training on Tuesday and uh, I had a sense that this might happen because um, at one stage they, they kind of trained with three back lines and one of them was... Um, I think Pat Campbell was fullback. Simon Zebo was on one wing. I'm not sure who was on the other wing. They had Fekato and Rory Scannell in midfield, and they had Ben Healy and Connor Murray as nine and ten. And I was thinking that's a good backline, but it doesn't look like it's going to back backline. It's going to be involved at the weekend, and um, yeah, I, like I think it's a form selection. I think it's a massive call by Graham Rowntree and his coaching team. I mean, he's, he's left Keith Earls out of twenty three as well, so that's two of Munsters. It's like Munster have a lot of con- potentially contracted players to go around, and they've decided to leave two of them out of one of the biggest games of the season, as well as their. Marquee All Black signing as well, Malachi Vecato, which is less of a surprise because he hasn't been involved at all, really. To leave your, two of your centrally contracted team players out is a massive statement, really, of your faith in your younger players, um, in your lack of faith, I would say, in Conor Murray at the moment, and maybe um, an acknowledgement of what a lot of people have been saying is that he's, you know, he's slowed down, that he's not as effective as he used to be, and also that he can't or hasn't adapted to the way that Ireland, firstly, and now Munster are trying to play with a quicker tempo and a less uh, predictable kind of, um, way, you know, just game plan, I suppose. And, and Murray, for all of his experience, for all of his class, for all of his brilliant box kicking, doesn't fit the bill for what Munster want against Northampton this weekend. And, and they've gone with Casey's not that much of a surprise because he's been the coming man for a while and he has said on the record this year that he is targeting that starting spot. But Patterson has come relative obscurity you know he was very much third fourth choice in the, in the squad last season he's impressed you know he was man in a match I think in that South Africa game he's man in a match recently enough as well uh, you know he was he, he pushed John Hodnett last week for, for that for that role both of them were picked ahead of Murray in the last two URC games and you might have thought Murray was being kept on ice a little bit but 
No, it's a form pick and it's a bold pick and look, Conor Murray's not going to be happy and it has implications for Six Nations and all sorts of things, but you cannot but applaud a coach going on a form pick and, and, and I've criticised enough coaches for going on reputation before. I, I, I like this. I like what they've done. I wouldn't write Conor Murray off at all. I think he could come back. I still think he has a role to play, but Right now, he's he's licking his wounds, and he must be worried about you know his his whole place in the Irish pecking order. So we know that Andy Farrell is going to name his Ireland squad for the Six Nations at nine o'clock on next Thursday morning, and we know how much of a fan he is of both Conor Murray and Keith Earls. But the fact that neither of them are in the Munster squad this weekend is that going to impact on their selection next week? Yeah, and I wrote a piece earlier this week about players who are under pressure for their Ireland spots, and I had both of them in it because I think they you know Earls. It's just running out of time with his age profile. Murray is still young, is much younger, um, you know, but he's had a big, heavy injury toll, and the st- style of play for both both teams has moved on to a degree that doesn't necessarily suit him in the same way that, say, Joe Schmidt or jo- Johan van Grand style did. Does it affect their chances of getting into the Six Nations squad? Like they really, like Andy Farrell really values what you've done before. He really values experience. He he gave Conor Murray his hundredth cap. Four to six, uh, sorry, in November against against South Africa, and he spoke really, really strongly about how players come and go from form. But there are certain players that I can rely on who have done it before, who have been in the arena, and Conor Murray is one of them. And I'm in awe. I think he said he was in awe of players who were able to do that. He loves Keith Earls. He absolutely adores what Keith Earls brings to the party, and and I think he is a really valued member of the squad. But at the same time, if he's not playing big European games for Munster. There is a major argument to say that they shouldn't be in the Ireland squad because if their club coaches don't rate them high enough to play at this level, then how could you justify playing them against Wales in, in four weeks' time or whatever that is? So that is like Andy Farrell has never really been swayed necessarily by form. Does it suit him to move Murray on right now and bring in three three like-minded scrum halves? In I mean Patterson must be pushing now if he's in Munster Twenty Three, but I think it's you know the other the other contenders really are. Casey to come in behind Gibson Park and and Caelan Blade they really like him and they're all three very like like minded similar players who can play the Ireland game plan. Murray comes off the bench sometimes when they're winning and he cools things down. The England game in particular, he cools things down. He sees it out. He's seen the picture before. Big call. I think that we won't know till Thursday. Ireland squads haven't been leaking out too early these days. Andy Farrell keeps his cards quite close to his chest. I wouldn't be surprised if they're both involved, but this damages their stocks. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Now, Jack Crowley as well and Anton Frisch are in together in the centre uh, for Munster's game on Saturday for the third time this season. Calvin Nash and Shane Daly are on the wings uh, and Liam Coombs is on the bench and Roman Salanoa makes his first European start at tight head. Yeah, that's another big call. You know, I mean, maybe that's a... I mean, uh, well, the Munster scrum has been on uh, under serious pressure in recent weeks and Salanoa has been part of that. We, we can see what he brings to the party around the park. He's a big hitter big carrier, power athlete from Hawaii. Um, in the Ireland picture, largely as well, probably this World Cup is too soon for him, but I think he's going to play for Ireland at some stage under the residency rules. But he's not as strong a scrummager as John Ryan, who's on the bench, or Stephen Archer, who's not in the 23. He brings more around the pitch, but you're, you're risking something there. And you wonder what, how they'll go into lose next week, but they have to get over this one first. They've obviously decided that they can get through against Northampton, and they have the security of having Ryan for another couple of weeks before he heads off. Keenan Knox, the South African um, or Irish qualified South African is is injured at the moment. He was the other option. So Salano has been given his chance and again, they're, they're backing youth, they're backing young players. You know, Fekatoa played okay in the last couple of weeks, but look Frisch and, and Crowley is is the preferred partnership. And I know you caught up with Antoine Frisch earlier this week and 
we'll have an interview tomorrow. Like he's been such a breath of fresh air for most of this season. Yeah, I know he sure has. Just a quick one on Northampton before we move on. They haven't shown the best of away form uh, this season, just two away wins in the Premiership. But what about that back row they've just named, including the likes of Courtney Laws and Lewis Ludlam? It's huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. And Laws at seven, I mean, I don't know how that's going to work out on the day. I mean, he's obviously been this kind of the prototype hybrid 6-4-6 six, six, as, as in the kind of what Ryan Baird is kind of replicating for Leinster. Um he he's a, he's just a world class operator, a lion, test lion. You know, has played in the World Cup final, and I think Northampton are a different team when he's in the team. You know, he's had a real, really difficult time with concussion. He's had a couple of niggly injuries in, in recent weeks, so that's a that's been a concern. And he was pulled late, wasn't he, before the, the, the first game? And he might have made the difference. You know, that was a very tight game, a very close encounter. And I, I don't think anyone fears like Holman's still a, a difficult place to go. But like you look at the website, there's a lot of blue on the Ticketmaster site. There's a lot of tick unsold tickets. I am not sure this is going to be the kind of febrile um Tom and Park experience for Northampton. Munster, while they have been improved in recent months, are not unbeatable by any means. Leinster won there down recently. I'm not saying Northampton are anywhere near as good as Leinster, but if this team and you look at the one to fifteen plus the bench, they've gone, I think, full strength as far as, as full strength as they can. It's a good test for Munster, but they've been passing them all in recent times. They're clearly looking to dominate physically and Munster will have to stand tall. But Munster have picked a very good, strong pack as well. And um, I think they'll get, we'll probably come back to predictions, but I think Munster will probably just get just about get over the line, but they won't have it all their own way. Yeah, for sure. Um, that game actually is on RTE too as well. Um, a few surprising omissions as well in the Ulster team to play La Rochelle tomorrow, uh, including no John Cooney, no Stuart McCluskey, Ian Madigan is back after being out injured for the last few months. He starts it out half. Billy Burns drops to the bench. What's going on here with this team selection? Well, I suppose Dan McFarland, he went for the kind of, what they call it, the hairdryer a couple of weeks ago. That didn't seem to really work. So now he's gone for, let's pick a just completely different team. And, and Ian Madigan's fit again. Like we know what he brings. He's massively experienced. He's, he's, he won't he, he, he be affected by this recent malaise. In fact, he, I spoke to him at the EPCR launch about six, seven weeks ago. He still believes there's a pathway there for him to get from from where he is now to Ireland and the World Cup, you know. And he knows that if he plays well for Ulster, well, then he's not that far away because it, it, there's a, you know, a no. I don't think he's in the picture for the Six Nations by any means. But if he comes in and like, Ian Madigan is supremely confident and has backed it up over the course of a long career, brings great, great uh, experience to the party as well, he will feel like he's coming into this team ready to fix it. Now, going to La Rochelle away, that's a tough, tough ask for any player, um, especially when you've only got one tight head prop in your 23. So, Jeffrey Tamag Allen, who hasn't been selected for most of the season, former All Black, who's who's basically just not impressed since he's gone down there, is now the only fit man they have. Um, they've got Andy Warwick on the bench, who's a, traditionally a loose head. I'm, I'm sure he's able to play there if needed, but really, that's a difficult task. Harry Sheridan, a young lock on the bench, Dave McCann, a young back row, Michael McDonald born in Louth, grew up in Australia, was recruited back as part of the IQ programme, hasn't featured a lot since he signed for Ulster, suddenly on the bench away to the European champions. I mean, it's a little bit of a hit and hope, and I suppose they're probably, you know, Tom McFarland knows that even if they get beaten, they're probably not going to get too much criticism because they're playing against one of the best teams in Europe. Yet their season's kind of on the line. They need to get at least one bonus point out of this if they want to qualify for for the last uh, the last 16. So, they, and they should be going after too. And, you know, Ulton Blanc's playing for La Rochelle. They picked a pretty strong team themselves and a very strong bench, and they won't have any 
of the same qualms about scrummaging or anything that that that, that Ulster will have. So it's a little bit of a hit and hold from Dan McFarlane, but he's in a position of strength when he's doing it. So like Noam McCluskey, no Hume, you wouldn't have backed him going into a European game with, without those centres a, a year ago. But McCluskey's still playing well, but Hume has dropped off a cliff in terms of form. So there's big questions over Ulster. Yeah, okay. Um, Leinster against Gloucester at King's Home tomorrow. Uh, Jamie Osborne is in the centre with Gary Ringrose and their team. Jordan Larmer's on the right wing. No James Lowe in the squad. Uh, Ross Byrne at 10, Ross Maloney in there as well in the second row. Uh, what do you make of that lineup? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been in touch with Leinster to, to check on injuries because Joe McCarthy's another one who I, I look at. You know, Brian Dean's been playing well in recent weeks since he came into the squad, but, you know, McCarthy's been a really promising player who has being a dominant figure in, in kind of contact and stuff. But I wonder if his discipline has, has cost him his place. Maybe maybe there's an injury there we don't know about. He wasn't on the list as far as I'm aware. Um, I mean, Larmer, you couldn't really argue against his form. Jimmy O'Brien's been playing really well. Hugo Keenan's been excellent. But you would imagine if Lowe wasn't able to get into the 23, that he'd be picked ahead of Liam Turner, Liam Turner on the bench. So, you know, is there, a, is there an injury there we're not being told about again? Leo Cullen's up later on today. We'll ask him. We, we can find out. But... I still think that Leinster team is good enough and that 23 is good enough to go to Gloucester and win. It's, you know, Gloucester picked a really strong team. They will test Leinster in, in ways that Ospreys did last week. And it's interesting that Michael Milne has gotten the, the nod as reserve loose head. They really rate him highly and, and Ireland rate him really highly. And he shoved Keane Healy over to the tight head side. And Keane Healy is one of those players in a race for that World Cup. And I think Michael Milne, for someone with a fairly low profile, is a player that could actually force his way into that picture. He's a really promising loose head prop. Osborne, has been excellent. You know, Osborne, you know, you lose a lot with Henshaw and Natai in terms of experience and class, but Osborne has been really excellent. It's a big day in his career. And, you know, bring Ryan Baird on, onto that back row with Ross Maloney, James Ryan, Van der Fleer, Doris. Like, there's so much power and promise in that team and that pack. You, you wouldn't back against Leinster at all going over there and doing the job. And what about the Gloucester team? I haven't get, I didn't get a chance to check it before we came on because obviously they came without their big names to the RDS in round two in December and the payback was a 57-0 defeat. Uh, Hugo Keenan said during the week that they expect Gloucester to go full whack. So will they be under big pressure now tomorrow having what they after what they did? In well, the- I think they owe it to... Like, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a huge amount of Gloucester fans who travelled, but there were people who spent good money to come to Dublin pre-Christmas and, and, and were served up a turkey shoot, you know, and... and they owe it to their own fans who travelled and their own fans who bought season tickets and buy BT Sports subscriptions to, to come out and, and, and give a performance against this Leinster team. And the players, oh sorry, George Kivington owns, kind of owes everyone because like the players want to play in European knockout rugby. He, he's budgeted for, right, we can get beaten over there, but we can get something out of Leinster here. He's picked like Johnny Mays in the team, Chris Harris is the lion, Carreras is going well in the premiership. You know, he's got a strong tight five without being starstruck with looking at it. But then the back row is probably their first choice back row. Ruben Ackerman's a good player. Lewis Ludlow has been excellent for them. Ben Morgan's still a hard carry number eight. You know, probably passed his best, but still very effective level. Like, they'll put it up to Leinster. It's a difficult place to go. You know, we hear people talk about the shed, you know, an intimidating atmosphere. But Leinster will relish that. These players have gone all over the world and played in, in intimidating atmospheres before. Well, but they'll, I think they'll, they'll step up to the mark. I think it's... Pity it's a one o'clock game. I don't like one o'clock games. I think that takes away from it a little bit. In terms of the atmosphere, it's to be lovely under lights and, you know, the, the crowd a little bit more well-oiled. It might be a bit more of a of a kind of that, that, that big fortress atmosphere. But I think it's going to test Leinster and that's that's good for Leinster. And, like, they're, they're pretty much assured a place in the knockout anyway as it stands. They want top seeding. They want to go here and win. They're more than capable of doing it. Okay. And so what are your predictions in the Champions Cup then? For the uh, I would say Leinster win, you know, pulling up in the end. Munster to just about edge it out against Northampton, and I think that's going to be a difficult day for Munster. 
Okay. Uh, quick one on Connacht against Breve at the Sports Ground tomorrow. Uh, they've named their team Finley Beelham, Dave Heffernan, Keem Prendergast in the pack. Jared Butler actually is back as well. Uh, no Bundyaki in the team. Mac Hansen at fullback, which I will look forward to. Yes, that is a very interesting selection because, I mean, Ireland are, again, not to bring everything back to Ireland, but Ireland do have, um, you know, no one really knows who to back up to Hugo Keenan is. Jimmy O'Brien has done well in that position, but he's moving around the back line all the time. And, and if you have Hansen at 15, you have potentially the chance to bring Larmer onto the wing as well as Lowe, and you have a very attack, exciting attacking back three there. Larry's in that conversation as well. He's starting for Ulster, but I, I'm excited to see that. I'm very um, miffed by Bundyaki's absence. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of rugby this year. I don't understand why he would be managed in the same way as some of the other internationals. I would just be playing him. You know, he he missed how long did he miss that suspension? Like pretty much first first half of the season. And he's a very important player for both Connacht and Ireland. I believe his form for Connacht. I haven't seen as much of Connacht as I have the other provinces. I will admit. I believe he hasn't been pulling up the trees for them. And Carl Ford did go really really well last week on his first first start at the, at the sports ground. Maybe they're, they're resting Aki to bring him back in against Newcastle, give him one big hit out before he plays for Ireland. But maybe Colvard went so well, they decided to press on with him. It's obviously their secondary focus, this competition. But they have a chance to get into Europe, to the Champions Cup via the Challenge Cup. They have a chance to play knockout games in Galway after Christmas, or sorry, after the Six Nations. They have a chance to play a final in Dublin. Um, they won't fear anyone in this tournament. I'm looking at the Reeve team that's coming over. Look, I think they've gone... Reeve are in trouble in the top 14. They haven't gone with a particularly strong um, 23. I think they've left some of their bigger hitters behind, although Abraham Papalihi, who um, played for Connacht and is a walking red card, is starting at number eight. So he'll he'll enjoy a trip back to Dublin. Like, if he goes well in Galway, like, you know, he's hard to stop and Connacht will hard, struggle to match his profile. But they should be looking at a bonus point here. They've picked a, a very strong team. Um, and, you know, it's interesting how Josh Murphy goes at, 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 at that kind of enforcer lock position because he's... He's a player of real promise who hasn't really torn it up yet since he's gone into Connacht. Yeah, of course, from Leinster. Um, just to bring it back to Ireland again, and just before we go, yeah. um, obviously the, the Ireland squad is going to be announced next Thursday morning at nine o'clock. And we mentioned there, obviously, about uh, the impact of Conor Murray and Keith Earls not being in the Munster squad and how that might uh, affect their selection. If you had to pick three, like who is this a big weekend for in terms of getting in to Andy Farrell's squad? That's a good question. Um I think Michael Milne is someone that if he comes off the bench and affects these games, especially with Jeremy Lockman struggling with an injury down in Munster, um, and Dave Kilcoyne, I think Newsett's very open, so Dave Kilcoyne could propel himself back into the picture starting for Munster. You know, he, he had a bad start to the season, but he's really coming good in recent weeks, and he's, he's in good form. So I think those two could really put themselves in the picture for Newsett. Like Jamie Osborne is on the fringes, and um, we don't know how fit Henshaw is. We don't know how fit Bundyaki is and how in form he is. McCluskey's finding himself out of the Ulster picture again. There might be an injury there we don't know about or some illness, but you know he started all three games in November. I think it's very late in the day to make a push for the six and eight for the World Cup squad. But if you can, if injuries open up a route into the into the number twelve jersey for him, potentially that's a, he's he's a really promising out player outside of it. Rob Herring big weekend for him because he's kind of been replaced by Tom Stewart in recent weeks. And the last one is, is uh, Ross Byrne. If he keeps playing well for Leinster, if he keeps starting big games and winning them, he has to be in there and he has to be pushing. You know, he's too good he and he's playing too well to be ignored. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and just also tomorrow, the second round of the women's interpose, it's Munster against Leinster at Musgrave Park at 12.15. That's game, top, yeah. Yeah, that's the top two. Uh, so it should be a good one. And Ulster against Connacht in Belfast and both of those games as well are on TG Car. Rory, thanks a million for that. Uh, you thanks, are Sinead. Tomorrow. Le- Leinster. I'm, I'm a Connacht, actually, so I'm looking Real forward Connacht. to going down to Galway and seeing a couple of these players in the flesh, especially Carl Ford. Um, so 
Yeah, enjoy, look forward to enjoying the trip down to Galway. Yeah, and hopefully nice weather for you too. Will and Luke will be back here on Wednesday. We'll look back over all of those European games. Bye for now. This is an Irish independent podcast.